Welcome to Simply Speaking. Today is April 12th, 2020. And today's episode, we brought our first guest on. His name is James, and he works in the field of higher education. Today's conversation, we get into a few things. One of them being James's background and how he arrived at where he is. He has certainly what many would consider a non-traditional background when it comes to higher ed and just his career in general. Um, We also talked a lot about the value of higher education and where things are going um, in the near future and beyond. So hopefully you find some value in today's conversation. You get something out of it. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Simply Speaking, the podcast about nothing, so far anyways. But uh, today we, uh, we actually have a special guest in studio. We're uh, going to be talking about higher education. So uh, our guest today is uh, our good buddy James. So James, why don't you introduce yourself to, the, to our throngs of listeners? Yeah, John, uh, appreciate that. Uh, so yes, I am James and uh, currently am in higher education. I'll give you a little bit about my background. Uh, so yeah, I've worked in retail operations warehousing, aviation, nuclear pharmaceuticals, law enforcement, and now um, higher education. So certainly have a wide, diverse background. And uh, yeah, it's just my pleasure to kind of So basically you you've had more jobs than a sitcom character. Yeah, just about, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell us about your uh, role in higher education here. Like, what are you currently doing? Yeah, so in higher education, I'm currently an academic advisor for a large online university, and uh, so just assisting and supporting students um, in their time of need, whether it's whether it is something academically or it is something uh, you know personally as well. Uh, you know, it's very easy to relate with these uh, with our learners uh, because being a learner myself, I can kind of chat with my personal experiences and my personal struggles as a uh, as a continued learner here uh, so it's nice to be able to bring that back uh, to the to the learners for sure james one other thing that i wanted to get for kind of your background I, you went through your professional uh, background but you actually have a pretty interesting journey as well as far as your own personal education that i think is not traditional for a lot of people can you get into that a little bit yeah so i mean i started off having no clue uh, really what I wanted to do right out of high school. Um, so I, I started going to a local community college there for for a business degree. And I realized that the, the traditional model just really didn't quite work for me. And I didn't really have the support needed at that time. So when I uh, I made that decision at that point, I'm going to I'm going to drop out of college and I'm going to do something where I can get a certificate and, and get a job right afterwards. And that's why I ended up choosing um, law enforcement, because it was something that I always had uh, a strong interest in and a strong passion about. And uh, so, I, so I went ahead and did that. And in my particular state, you didn't need to be hired by a law enforcement agency at first. You could uh, go through as like a free agent, if you will. And you could go through the police academy, get the training, and then you could go to any uh, law enforcement agency and say, Hey, you can put me on the road tomorrow. I'm already done with the 11th month, uh, 11 month police Academy here. All you got to do is fit me for my uniform and I'm, I'm ready to hit the road with uh, field training. So I did that. That's why, how I got into law enforcement for, for a few years there. And, and then when I, after that, when I, when I had moved up to uh, new England, um, from Florida, I gotten to a little bit more into like retail operations with uh, loss prevention. So I made that segue from law enforcement to loss prevention. And that, that served me well for uh, quite a few years, certainly interesting with an external and internal theft. But um, I knew that I needed to move on from that point and got into aviation a little bit. And then I got into warehouse operations after that. So once I was into warehouse operations, again, just kind of jumping from, you know, job to job, like in career, career, like to really what uh, 
that makes me you know passionate about things in life that I was going through things and it wasn't until like I was sitting at my desk and I was like you know what I I, I really I know that I need more I, I you know society tells me that I need to do more because you know when I was like looking at other jobs and looking at the career market and whatnot that you know these 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 positions say completed bachelors completed bachelors completed bachelors so i know i knew that in order for me to kind of future proof myself so i can have this flexibility of going into any career that i kind of wanted towards for the future and getting like a higher higher level position i'm going to be able to um you know go through and, and get this and Honestly, it's a passion of mine. I'm a first generation college student as well. So like my, my, my parents, you know, they didn't, they didn't go to college. They didn't support college or anything like that. So in the back of my mind, I knew that it was something that I, that I wanted to com complete. So that's why I signed up and, um, you know, I, I don't certainly don't have any regrets looking back at it. Certainly it was, it was something that was, a uh, truly an intrinsic reward for myself, that intrinsic motivator. So we'll pause there yeah. so yeah. Conrad can look up the word intrinsic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, having uh, not finished a four-year program myself, I don't know what that word means. So, uh, But I do know how to Google things. So, Well, um, that's half the battle. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, so that's, that's actually a really cool background you have, I think. Um, not necessarily traditional in the sense that I think a lot of people – who end up going and getting a bachelor's degree, at least the traditional model in 2020 and in the last couple decades has been you get out of high school, you immediately go to a four-year college program, and then you get out of that and presumably you, get into, or you try to get into the workforce at least, right? So yeah. you kind of flipped the script on that where you were out working in the field in, in actually a number of different fields which I think it sounds like probably gave you some perspective to make that decision later in life. Um, and without giving too much away, you're, you're in your mid thirties right now. So yeah, I yeah. mean, another 17 years past when most people are starting college, you're um, I mean, now you have your bachelor's degree and you're, you're working on a master's. So um, what do you think if for someone who might be uh, considering, so, so a recent high school graduate or a, a someone who's 17 years old about to graduate high school, what advice might you have for someone now in 2020, especially knowing what you, you do about the education field? Uh, what would you recommend they do? I'd say if, if you're going now these days, if you want to really maximize your return on investment, because it's, it's, it's really hard to put a number on that because everyone's kind of journey is different. But if you're really going to maximize that, and I, and I see it more and more these days, that uh, these students that are graduating from high school, they're going in, they're getting their bachelor's degrees, they're getting very high-level jobs when they're 20, when they're mm. 21. And like some someone, for someone like myself, um, you know, I took an approach where I'm going to be a hard worker. That was instilled in by my parents. Again, not having that college background where it's like, James, just work hard. And you will get to where you need to be. Um, so you'll have to like gruel through it um, instead of like you have, you have a 21 year old coming in with a bachelor's degree. They immediately become an executive because they have that education piece that's being fulfilled, that 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 minimum requirement versus where for myself, it's like, well, you have the experience um, versus that education. But I think when you like for someone my age, when you compare it, when you when you have both that's when you can accelerate even past someone that's um, kind of had uh, just the degree, but not the experience. So I think it's, it's huge. If you don't have the experience, yeah, absolutely get that degree. Cause that's going to open up a lot more doors for you than just grueling through um, kind so of the, I, yeah, the career fields. I think it's uh, almost a little bit of both though. Right. Cause you can be, you know, you need that hard work piece too. Like, I don't know a lot of twenty-one-year-old oh, yeah. uh, executives with That's degrees <laughs> that like don't have that hard work piece too. I, I think, uh, you know, you know, for me, I'm in the same boat as Conrad. Uh, I don't have a traditional four-year degree. You are, um, you know, 
fortunate enough that, that you went through that program. Um, both Conrad and I have talked about switching up our degrees, but, but, but let me ask you this, just about degrees in general. Like, do mm. you feel that all degrees are equal or like, are there some that are just either completely useless or more useless than others? I think that's a big problem in the education system today is that people will go out and get a, you know, four year degree in music theory and then can't figure out mm. why they can't get a job in the business world. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good point, John. And when I talk to learners about like where they want to go in the future and what degree program that they're in, um, if, if a ma uh, sorry, if like a bachelor's in history doesn't make any sense because they, you know, <laughs> let's just say they they want to you know they want to be in marketing. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense. But uh, the the biggest thing I can say to that is. If, if you want to future-proof yourself, I'm a huge fan of business degrees. It gives you that flexibility to go in any industry. Um, if you could back it up with experience, that's even better. But I feel like that opens more doors because business is the blanketed umbrella of everything that we do. Um, um, even if you want to be a chef, you're, you're not classically trained or anything like that, but you're probably going to own a restaurant at some point in time. You want to have that business experience to kind of back that up. And again, uh, I just think it's so flexible. So that's why myself, um, I have my bachelor's in business and now my, you know, four classes away from my, my master's in business here. So uh, just, a, just a huge fan of it for sure. Yeah. Um, just want to say, like, I mean, you have a lot of exciting things going on in your life. You got, you know, you're almost done with your master's degree. Um, you transitioned career fields. You just had uh, a baby. Like, you know, you're, your yeah. life is, uh, is, is definitely, uh, moving forward. That's for sure. Um, no, I, yeah. And to kind of segue off that yeah. real quick. And I, I really contribute that to a strong support system and, you know, absolutely appreciate, uh, my wife, Ashley there. And she's, she's been a really strong support system for, for myself, for my family and, uh, just, just, I, I really couldn't have done it without her because that, it really does take sometimes that support piece. And when we talk about like my role as an academic advisor, some students actually don't have a strong support piece at home. And that's exactly why we're there. Um, again, to talk about something academically, to talk about something, you know, personally that's going on in their life and, and to, to be that support system where they may not have it. And that's actually uh, kind of the, the the big key puzzle piece there, kind of the secret sauce, if you will, um, that we have uh, other institutions trying to come into ours and trying to learn more about that customer service experience. Yeah, so definitely. So I guess for you, it's almost twofold, right? Um, and and maybe you can kind of explain the nuance of this to me. But not only do you have to, um, you know, give advice on a on a uh, particular academic field, and you know, if they want to be in marketing maybe steer them away from that history degree that might not get them to where they're going to be but uh is there also a question about hey is online learning compared to like actual traditional schooling better for that student like are there some students that actually do better in a traditional classroom setting and can can something from that yeah uh I, I always, you know, contemplate this question myself. So really awesome question. So, I mean, it's, it really depends on the individual, of course. So when we think about a traditional brick and mortar experience to an online experience, we know those are two completely different worlds. You have a specific time that you're supposed to be there. It's very rigid. It's uh, completely instructor led. They are going to be facilitating that classroom. Um, so there's less, um, kind of freedom there. So now if you think about like versus the online counterpoint, you know, this is an asynchronous plat platform, uh, way less rigid. Uh, it, the, the, the instructors almost turn into kind of just uh, moderators, if you will, uh, to where, you know, there, it's not so much of that classroom instruction, right? They, the, the, the learner almost teaches themselves. They have to read the required material. They're going to write their papers. They're going to do those required projects, and they're going to submit those in. So a lot more discipline from an online learner versus the um, brick and mortar. But the other thing is the social piece. 
So we think of, so that's like the academic curriculum piece, but what about that social piece, which I think is really, really important. If you're, you know, if you want to have those social connections, you can get those obviously on the brick and mortar side, but on the online side, it's, it's a little tough. Now we have systems in place where we make it a little bit easier, uh, where we have our own kind of social media website um, for our particular institution. You can join clubs. There's all sorts of clubs. Uh, like the Nerds Unite Club and Paranormal Investigations. Those so are the ones that you're it's, in. It's all in which. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And no, uh, and they um, and so it, it's it's what you make of it for sure. An online degree is what I always tell. So they have those, those options. Um, it's not just like oh, you're just online, they... like, and you miss out on that whole piece. It sounds like your university kind of gives different options to to not necessarily recreate that social environment but but provide something so it's not just hey i log into classes i log out yeah no exactly and you know the other pieces of it is are you the way our model is structured is we really don't have midterms we don't have final exams there's nothing like that it is primarily research papers um, projects as far as uh, powerpoint presentations discussion boards and um, so if you're if you're not a strong writer um, and you're a better test taker, you probably want to go to a brick and mortar So like campus. me, for example, if you had conversations with me, like I don't want to do any of what you just mentioned. I would much rather <laughs> give me a test and I will pass it. Give me a research paper and I will not do it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had instructors in the past at brick and mortar campuses when I used to attend and... You know, they're like, you're an adult now. If you just come here for the test and pass it, we don't want to count t- attendance here. So, like, you're able to do, you're able to do that, um, especially if you have that that much flexibility from your from your professor um, on the brick and mortar side. But yeah, I, I tell learners all the time: if you don't enjoy writing papers and you know that you're not going to do this, you might want to rethink your decision here because that's the this is our program. This is how it's compromised. Of, 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 uh, of these so there are like criteria kind of deliverables. things that you use that'll say hey you know this might not be the best fit for you yeah well and this is already after they're i mean they're completely through the admissions process they're the, oh, wow. they're, they're with their academic advisor myself and i say hey this is really something that you got to rethink for yourself and kind of make an adult decision because it doesn't get any easier we're in we're in you know uh, like a basic level 100 course um, versus like an advanced four or 500 level course. And, you know, if, if, if it's, if it's kind of hard to grasp right now, um, you know, I've, I've, you know, we first, you know, we, we go through like, we'll point them in the resources, we'll give them that support. And if they're not grasping this and they're not doing well, it's, it's really something they have to consider for, for themselves. And some students choose, you know, no longer to attend. And, and that's okay. I want them to make the decision that's best for them. If it means going to a brick and mortar school, that's not our institution. And that's what they should do. Uh, because I'm not in the business of, 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 of selling anything. I'm not a used car salesman. I want them to make the best decision so, for themselves. But does your university make it easy? Like, let's say somebody gets all through the process to you, and then you're explaining that to them one last time. And they're like, oh, man, maybe I do want to take real like traditional brick and mortar classes does your university make that transition easy for them or do they have to go through the whole process again oh no it's it's extremely easy as far as like um like withdrawing from the withdrawing and then enrolling in brick and mortar classes like can somebody do that seamlessly or do they have to go through the process again okay uh it's uh as far as our online versus our brick and mortar or like another okay yeah so um, the, the real answer to that is it, it, it's not as seamless as we want it to be, uh, but it, it, it's getting there. Um, and sometimes there's broken processes and uh, kind of a mis- administrative paperwork uh, that kind of gets fumbled, uh, because they are two different complete oh. entities. Like even just, we think about, um, think about the financial aid aspect. Those are two different things. A financial aid, like, uh, for the FAFSA for online versus uh, on campus, that's two completely different types of federal aid. So there can be some hiccups, but we, we try to do it as seamlessly as we possibly can. Um, 
James, so. I want to follow up. So you have obviously between both as a student and a now as a uh, provider or working in the provision field of higher education uh, mm-hmm. quite a few years now. So what have you seen change over the course of that time? And one of the reasons I ask this is um, I think we're all aware of what university university of Phoenix was. And I oh, think yeah. they've kind of gone by the wayside. Right. So in the meantime, I see commercials all the time and, and I've been, become aware myself um, through participating in these, some different options for online education, like what education or what changes in that field have you seen and where do you see things going in the future? Yeah. So from, from when I started there to where we are now in academia, especially for, you know, we're thinking of online, we think of the end user, you know, because this is a technology piece here. So we think of that end user, which is the learner. And so we've upgraded our systems to be um, a lot more um, technologically advanced and updated. So we used to have uh, our previous uh, kind of learning environment there, which was Blackboard. I don't know um, if either of you are familiar with that system, but it's it's it was very archaic uh, to the end user. It was very, very confusing. And the learner didn't, there was too many clicks to go to places. And obviously, if you're doing something online, you want this to be as easy as it possibly can be. Because uh, they want to focus on their studies, not how to navigate on the computer, right? So we uh, kind of invested the funds back into the learners there, you know, being um, kind of the institution that we are. And um, so we, we elevated that to, to Brightspace. So Brightspace is a lot more user-friendly, uh, completely updated. Uh, just, just the whole format and layout is, is really just beautiful when compared to, to Blackboard. Um, it's a, way, a lot less clicks to things, and um, it's kind of laid out like a chapter book. Um, so it's, it's just, just really, really nice. Um, and, you know, kind of some other things where we're thinking about, like, where we want to go into the future I think we want to make things a lot more accessible, a lot more flexible, uh, especially to our online learners, because that's what online learning is about, flexibility. You know, you have these working adults, you, you know, they have families, children, um, demanding jobs, and, and they want to have this flexibility. So I know we're testing out the ability of, you know, instead of like emailing your academic advisor, you're going to be able to text message your academic advisor. You don't even have to get logged into the computer. You're like, hey, I'm having trouble on this. Can I get some help? And uh, so I, I think that's definitely towards the near future. Um, some other things to think about, uh, you know, just kind of changing as we, you know, get to the one thing I can appreciate about my institution is that it, it, we're constantly evolving. It's not this, this stagnant. We're not, we're not just staying in one place. We think about like where the future is and adding new programs. And as like artificial intelligence kind of builds more up and, you know, we think about like quantum technology that, 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 that's on the brink. Um, You know, we're we're going to be adopting, you know, some of these programs, I would most likely say definitely on the, the brick and mortar side, as well as the, um, the online counter uh, counter counter piece as well, um, and I don't think I truly don't believe like despite where the world is with the pandemic, I don't think brick and mortar is dead because I know right now no institution is allowed to be brick and mortar, right? Right. So I, I don't I don't think it's dead because of the pandemic. I just think we're like most of our lives, everything's in a, a standstill. But I think everything will get get to be back on track, and we will push forward and. Our- thrive are you seeing a lot more competitors in the space that your company or your your employer is in right now are you seeing a lot more uh, competitors out there well i think everyone's our competitor now with everybody (laughs) with everybody being online but um you know again i i I, we're, we're 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 welcome to that because competition is healthy it makes our organization thrive and to be better. I think that's healthy in any industry. We're talking about automotive, whatever the case may be. And again, we, we, we invite other institutions to come in. We'll actually teach you our secret sauce 
because when we teach it to you, we're already developing something. We're already five steps ahead and developing something better. Um, so, you know, we're, I don't think we're going to give them our entire strategic plan while they're in there, but we're going we're gonna to let them know like what sets it apart. You know, they're, they're, the other institutions are there to learn. So they'll take a tour of our online facilities. They'll take a tour of our brick and mortar campuses. So, um, yeah, I, I think we embrace and invite that that uh, that competition for sure. Can... Gotcha. Well, that makes a ton of sense. So listen, I think um, this is a probably good point to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I think we have a lot more questions, and we're going to kind of delve into the world of, um, or the the debate rather of higher education in general and kind of what the value is um, at, yeah. at this point in, in time. So uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the second half. Um, so I wanted to get into the first half. We covered a lot of background about what you do, James, and kind of what specifically are some considerations for online education and the field you work in. What I wanted to get into in, in the second part is really the value and where get your opinions and your thoughts on the value of higher education in general. Um, and I, the reason I think this is important is I think we're my personal view at least is that we're at a little bit of a tipping point when it comes to higher education. I think um, the cost of higher education has gotten fairly astronomical. And for a lot of people, I think um, myself included, we're not convinced necessarily of the value proposition that higher education, whether it be uh, a bachelor's or a graduate degree bring to someone in the workforce, depending on, their uh, career field. And John, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, uh, I don't. Thank you for throwing that on me. I... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so James, I guess, what do you, what do you see as the value of higher education now versus maybe 20 years ago or 10 years ago even? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there was, certainly more of a need for it you know 10 15 years ago for sure uh, we were we were begging individuals to go to uh, at kind of kind of institutions to higher higher ed and kind of case in point to this um, for 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 personal experiences the kind of like my my family is that in my family uh, my my sister is a nurse and I remember, when she went back to school, uh, actually, when she went to school to become a nurse, it was it was all of these sign-on bonuses. It was like ten thousand dollars to become a nurse, and well, you know, to 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 do this and to go through schooling for this. And uh, you know, we we were kind of begging for this. Now it's uh, it's not as as important. I mean, yes, we've made the standards a lot more rigorous as far as like you're not going to just be a nurse with an associate's degree. That's going to be very difficult. You're going to have right. to get that BSN. So we, we have, we have increased it in that way. Uh, but as far as like getting into kind of the, the, the jobs, it's, it just depends on which career field you're in, because I always say it's a ticket to entry. You, 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 you kind of need it as far as like you go on to these indeeds and to all these other kind of job apps where they kind of help you find a job and minimum requirement bachelor's degree bachelor's degree bachelor's degree um it's it's i feel like it's 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 almost so difficult you can't even get a job at the mall without having a bachelor's degree it almost seems um so i i think it's just depending on you know what career you're actually going for and have you already been in that career do you have experience in that already or is it something that you're trying to break into so I guess for me personally, and I think John probably has a similar experience, although I'll let him speak for himself on that. I got into the career field I'm at now, and, and I'll, I'll back up a little. I'll give a little bit of background of my education history and try not to, to make it too boring. But um, basically, similar to you, I got out of high school or when I was in high school, I thought, well, I want to go into law enforcement, right? And this was all I knew at the time. I mean, when you're in high school or when you're 
younger, you don't have the exposure to different career fields and even really know what's out there as far as job options. So for me, I just figured, well, that's what I want to do. And that's why I have to go to school and get a criminal justice degree. So um, right out of high school, I started pursuing uh, a degree, actually ended up going for an associate's in criminal justice. But in the meantime, I began working part-time in the retail loss prevention field and very quickly realized that I could do all the things that attracted me to the criminal justice field in this private sector area uh, and actually do investigations and, and deal with crime at, at a kind of certain level and ended up totally transforming what I had figured my career field was going to be into something totally different. Um, so I guess the reason I bring this up is I think there's a lot of people out there and this is why I personally think the model of people going to school right out of high school um, to get to, to spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars on education and then go into a f- field that they've never actually worked in is broken. I think that had I um, not fallen into this line of work on a part-time basis, that um, I would have totally missed out on a very satisfying um, and in a really great career field that I never would have found out about because um, I would have, I would have spent a lot more money than I had on working through a bachelor's degree um, to get where I wanted to be. Yeah. Is there a question there? Uh... No, I guess not. So the question, <laughs> sorry about that. So the question being, I mean, what would, so I think I asked earlier, but for someone coming out of high school now with no, experience in life or, or really knowing what's out there like is there a way that you're aware of for someone to actually get that sort of experience aside from just jumping into a career, career field on a on a low level yeah i mean i i think the best way to answer that is is kind of what i previously stated with it. you know if, if they don't have that prior experience i always say future proof yourself and go for it some type of business degree if you don't want to start with a bachelor's that's okay even in my educational journey i think what i skipped around about was i started with an associates in business Mm. and then then i moved to a bachelor's then to a master's so you don't have to go straight for a bachelor's get yourself a uh, kind of a diploma in hand and get yourself an associate's and then you can transfer that into a bachelor's. Most schools will let you transfer up to 90 credits into a 120 credit bachelor's degree program. So again, you're, you're just about done there. Um, and, I, and I think if you future-proof yourself, you, you're giving yourself options. Because I don't think everyone wants to do you know, kind of like what I did where you kind of, you, you, you kind of gruel through things and you, you, you're a hard worker and you show that to employers and you're like, okay, you can, you become a leader and whatnot versus like, you know, they have a bachelor's degree, they're 19 years old and then they make them a leader. You know, is that necessarily the right thing to do? Mm, that's a tough call. That's up to the hiring manager because they, they, they have to know that. But I've seen that in my in my kind of even even just in retail, um, you know, four year degree required. They hired them with a four year degree. So uh, with, with zero experience, it may not be mm. it may or may not be the best thing to do. But at least these, you know, kind of individuals were future for future proof themselves. And I think the return on investment will be more because they're going to be able to get higher level jobs quicker than someone that will you know, that that's kind of going through this like grueling kind of ladder system and just kind of climbing the ladder at their particular um, career field or at their organization. Because I feel like a lot of hard work goes unnoticed um, if they don't have that, that ticket to entry, that degree, right? whether it's an associate's, it's a bachelor's degree or whatnot. I want to come back to that point. Um, but John, did you have anything to add here? No, I... My my whole problem with uh, college in general coming out is at 18 years old, I did not know what the hell I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. And to make a kid decide at 17, 18 years old, hey, walk down this path that, you know, basically de- could decide the rest of your life. I, I didn't think that was fair and or necessary. But, I mean, I can tell you now that I'm, I'm getting up there in my 30s. I still don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like, if you ask me, hey. John, what do you want to do when you grow up now? I, I don't know, you know, so um, that, I mean, 
what would you say to a student that's having thoughts like that or somebody that gets to you and online program and you can tell that maybe they're not a hundred percent committed to the program that they're choosing or. I would tell them to, uh, you know, they can work with one of our, we have different branches of our uh, kind of resources to our learners. Uh, they could work with our career center. They could go ahead and take like a uh, kind of a job placement test, kind of a, kind of an interest test, if you will, to kind of figure out the things that they're interested in and, you know, it's even to the to 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 kind of make that point more concrete is that you don't be afraid to change careers, and I'm living proof of that. Um, but even in the police academy, we had police officers in the police academy that were 47 years old, going to be a first time police officer. They've chosen that they wanted to do something else in their life, um, and then I'd say that's okay. If, if just because you've done something for X amount of years doesn't mean you have to do that the rest of your life. But I think having a kind of broad and kind of general degree to kind of back that up makes it a little bit easier for you to move around. But, you know, not having that, I, I feel that really limits you because like, let's say you, all you ever known is, let's just say like law enforcement it's going to be kind of hard to, you know, kind of get into, you know, marketing or, or whatever the case may be, or else, you know, you might be able to spin that if, you, if you've got some kind of general education to kind of back that up and maybe you can spin it uh, sort of a different way through, through life experience. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah, it definitely, I, I think you, I agree with you certainly on the, the life experience point where it's certainly valuable to be able to demonstrate to an employer what value your prior experience might have, especially if you're trying to get into a career field that's different from the one you're in and show that, show that potential employer that there is some overlap that you might have some of the skills needed to, Mm -hmm. to work in a different field. I think you've definitely done that. Um, Of all the people I know, I think you've done that more successfully than anyone else um, where you've taken um, a lot of, and you talked about the jobs you had and you left out quite a few that, we could get into, yeah. but we just don't have the time, yeah. right? But it's like you're you're able to for each one of those career transitions, you're able to lean on your previous experience in in whatever field you might have worked in or fields, and demonstrate to that employer how you can translate that into their environment um, that they're that they're um, doing business in. Yeah, because I, I think it's I think it's kind of a difficult thing to do. Uh, when you jump around to career fields, because, you know, most places are like, what, what experience do you have? And you, and you have to, you know, you have to, it's all about selling yourself, right? Selling yourself on the resume to get that interview. And then once you get that interview, selling yourself, you know, how, how will these things actually mesh together and match up? So I've, I have been um, successful enough to, to kind of, to, to do that, which is, it's been really, really nice. It's been nice to see all these different career fields. And like John, I, I mean, am I going to, I'm most likely not going to retire in education. Um, I'm, I'm, there's probably something else that I'm going to do. And will I fully utilize my master's degree in my personal circumstances? Most likely not. Um, and I, you know, probably we'll probably talk about it sooner or later. But like, kind of, kind of like, what's the earning potentials between all these different degree levels? You know, versus high school diplomas and whatnot. James, do you see any? change in online education or adult education if you will for people who are already in the midst of the career where maybe getting a degree wouldn't be uh necessarily the best option for them but getting some lesser form of education or lower level form of education or credential that they can put on a resume uh, would help them move along in their career or move into a different career field if they they speak and i'll give you one example or a couple examples, actually. Um, so recently, being working from home, one of the things I've been doing is, is taking a data analytics course. And for me, in my career field, analytics the analytics piece has been something that I think, personally, I've been lacking some experience with. So I've been taking this course. It's just a standalone course um, from an online university. And if I so choose, I could get a certificate at the end of this, I think it's a six-week course, that says, hey, Conrad took a course in data analytics, here's the proof. 
Um, do you see anything coming down the pipeline where people can do that, can take like a micro course on something um, that might help them further their career or transition into a new career field? Yeah, I think we're kind of going beyond that, like with, with just like a six credit course or, you know, maybe like a, some type of certificate program. Um, I, I, we've done a lot of partnerships with very large, large employers, big name employers. And what basically that looks like is I, I feel like the employer should have kind of a, a kind of a stake in this, if you will. And they should kind of embrace the, that professional development for their employee. And so when working with these larger big name organizations, they've actually partnered with us where they, they get actually free education. It's pretty much 100% free. Um, so they're able to get a handful of uh, degrees. It's usually like uh, a, a business degree, uh, some type of analytics degree, uh, computer um, kind of technology, information technology degree, accounting degree, something business related there. And so they can pick from these degrees and they're able to get that, whether it's an associate's, whether it's a bachelor's. Uh, we haven't made the partnership yet for a master's, but I, I don't think there's that need for a master's. Like I feel like most everyone needs that bachelor's degree for that ticket entry, but we haven't made it yet to that that master's. You don't really, really need that master's because I don't think that that return investments there between a bachelor's to a master's. It's that's that's truly kind of a personal kind of goal, especially for myself. Bachelor's to a master's, but from a high school diploma to a bachelor's, I think that's that's a that's a that's a really big deal. Um, so you had kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, d does your university have any guidelines on like what the the overall earnings potential or pay scale difference is? Like where should somebody who goes to your university and get gets an associate's degree expect to start, or you know, versus like a high school diploma or a bachelor's versus a high school diploma or a master's? Like, do you have those pay scale guidelines? Yeah, I mean, I won't have the exact pay scale guidelines for our institution, but I can just tell you from the U.S. Bureau of uh, Labor and Statistics there that, you know, the, the earning potential from, you know, high school diploma to uh, kind of a bachelor's degree there is more than like 84%. I mean, it, it's like, like it's a huge, huge margin. Um, and again, that's on average. Um, there's so many different things to factor in. So there's like a lot of things to consider there. And then if you think of an associate's degree from a bachelor's, you're thinking of 31%. And that's, I mean, really it's a bachelor's degree from what they're telling me on this labor and statistics website is, you know, it's, it's over 2.8 million over a lifetime. So if this is something that you were able to achieve when you like were 2021, 20, you, you could possibly see that 2.8. Oh, wow. Something that um, and I know the the statistics statistics that you're citing there is something I don't think this is necessarily a question you you can answer, but if if you feel like you have an answer, feel okay. free. Is how much of that is the caliber of person who would choose higher education um, would go would be a, a higher earner anyways at some point in their life, regardless of they have that education or not. So basically the question being how much of that is the education itself or just the fact that people who are pursuing higher education tend to be more driven and are going to be successful no matter what they're doing. It's a little bit of both really. But I mean, if you think about, again, we, we talk about the, the lifetime earnings here and the average lifetime earnings. So if, if someone that doesn't come in, with any education, they're most likely going to take the long, hard road climbing that corporate ladder at their particular organization. So they're not going to see that earnings potential that somebody that's coming in at 20 years old and they're already a junior partner at their firm with this bachelor's degree. So they're going to be able to see that. Um, let's say it, it, it took this this individual that didn't have the bachelor's degree 10 years to get to $60,000 when this 20, 20 year old came in with a bachelor's degree at $60,000. So, 
So, you know, they, they may have worked up from the mail room all the way up to kind of junior partner. They still did it without a degree, which is very admirable because uh, I appreciate hard work. But if you can instantly get that with a, with a degree, and I, th I think that's where the Bureau of Labor Statistics really comes in and they, they start calculating that as they, you know, that 2.8 million with with a bachelor's degree versus a high school diploma i, th I think they're just saying that if you're going to get a high school diploma be prepared to work very very hard to get where you want to be okay mm -hmm. all right so um one other question that i wanted to ask or get your opinion on is i know uh historically and i mean like 10 years ago um in in the job market um where there were a lot of companies that were requiring four-year degrees for, you know, whatever, whatever job they had. And some of them even took it so far as to say that they would not accept an online degree. Um, do, do you still see any instances of that or, you know, what would you say to that? Yeah. You know, I haven't really seen any learners, you know, talk about kind of the problems or issues with that. I mean, I, th I think one of like the biggest questions is, is like, Oh, when you graduate from our institution, is it going to say anything on there about it being this is an online degree or anything like that? Because I think, like you said, stated John, there there is a stigma there, and I think the University of Phoenix kind of kind of made that happen. Yeah, caused that definitely. <laughs> That's what it was aimed at. Like, yeah. Yeah. We don't accept DeVry or Phoenix or any of that crap. Yeah, and and I think they lost their credibility. As a matter of fact, I think they lost their accreditation, if you will. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, when we, when we think about it, you know, as, as far as our institution goes, we actually give our learners, whether it's online or brick and mortar, the exact same diploma. Now, some might argue that's a little unfair or, you know, but at the same time, you're still learning. There's still requirements. No one's just given a diploma. There's all these deliverables and all these criteria you have to meet. Um, so why not give them the same diploma? Why does it have to say online on it okay um, so yeah our, our our diplomas are right. exactly the same there will be no delineation on on any of the paperwork saying that um you went you could have easily have gone to the brick and mortar campus for us but i i don't i i especially don't feel like it hinders you in the job market today because i feel like most learners are online and I, I think most employers are just grateful that um they can hire individuals with some type of um higher education background and, and you know there's 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 still options available um and then actually growing really okay right one thing that um i think i failed to do as part of this conversation is kind of define what career fields we might be talking about and i think this might alter um the advice that we would give someone right so if you're someone who's pursuing a career field in a like a uh, say as a nurse or um, in an engineering field, some sort of technical field or a field that requires a lot of technical expertise, right? Do you think there's a lot more value for someone pursuing that sort of field versus something that's a little bit more open-ended like um, a business or, or being uh, like a, a business leader or um, something in the, in the social fields where, um, it, there might be less technical knowledge and it's more about your abilities as a person to relate to others. Do you, do you think there's any val well, validity to that? I think there's, you know, kind of a big difference there because if you, if you're going for something technical, let's say, you know, like nursing or like, like something like law enforcement, these things require certificates. Um, they, they require licensures and, um, you, you kind of have to know like what you want to do. So there's less flexibility in that versus like something that's a business degree. So if, you, if you're going to nursing school, Hey, you better know that you want to be a nurse because that's, that that's tough work. Right. And you know, it's very, very demanding. Uh, just, just, to, just to, the preliminary testing to become a nurse is extremely demanding. Um, but um, yeah, I, it, 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 it really, it depends on what flexibility you're looking for. And it's like, Hey, do you, do you, do you want to be a nurse? Do you want to be in law enforcement? Again, that's something that you can always change your mind with. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with uh, learners that are like, I don't want to be a nurse anymore, but I don't have any, 
other background except for nursing. I've worked in nursing for 25 years and I want to get into information technology. So that's why I'm going for my bachelor's mm -hmm. in information technology because I don't have any experience in that and I need a ticket to entry. She right. doesn't. She doesn't want to go the, so, the long, hard road. She doesn't want to start as some kind of, um, you know, just 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 uh, kind of a low-level information technologist or something like that. Are you seeing anything either through your own employer or just the that field in general? Um, I guess as far as continued adult education, where they're working to kind of blend the best of both worlds, that you might get so. Obviously, there's schooling and then there's on-the-job training or, or real-world experience you might get from working in a career field. Are you seeing anything coming up um, or that even might be in existence now where it's, where it's kind of like a hybrid? So you're getting that education while at the same time um, getting some real-world experience and actual practical experience? Yeah, in the field? Uh, so we actually have systems in place currently um, with uh, a, few, a few types of different degrees that actually have required internships and then we have optional internships and this is with online wherever you are um, so you can work with our career team and they actually set you up with um, an internship uh, locally there uh, primarily all the work comes from the student kind of setting that up but, but they kind of guide you there with the career team and that way you can actually get real live and uh, kind of experience in the field that you want to be in and kind of network yourself as well as completing your uh, bachelor's degree, which is which is really really nice. Obviously, extremely beneficial. So, yeah, there's there's a few different uh, uh, programs that we that we have, or you can kind of uh, insert those in into a uh, a general business degree as well, which is really really nice. Do you see that growing and becoming more prevalent um, in higher education? Well, it's so tough because then you got to think that that breaks down the flexibility of an online uh, kind of education. And because when, when you do an internship, this is something that you, you know, you're signing yourself up for. You can't, you can't work full. I mean, you can work full time, but it's just, it's more stress because if you're working full time and you have a family and you're doing this internship, you know, there's required hours that you have to go to these internships and it can be tough kind of to manage all this. So do I see that being added to, more degree programs, probably not, just because we have the option to go a la carte, and I feel like most students don't go a la carte. I feel like if they're if they choose a program that's a required internship, it's crystal clear. Like, hey, there is a required internship. You have to do this. If you don't want to do it, you can never complete this degree program. Um, so that's that's always told in the admission phase and and throughout advising, really. Um, so yeah, I don't okay, I don't really foresee that um, I'm changing, but I. I I, I always try to challenge learners too, like working with our career team, you know, if it, if it's something that you're interested in, you know, go down to, you know, if you have a friend that's a firefighter, or you, you want to be a firefighter, if you, if you want to be, uh, you know, work in, work in aviation, go down and try to see if you can talk to somebody because there's nothing wrong with that. Um, for a second there, I had an interest in real estate and I went down this was actually part of a, um, a project. I was actually I actually took real estate as one of my courses in my bachelor's degree. And I actually went down to one of my local offices and I just chatted with a real estate agent, and we we built up a rapport. And she actually like let me go on like a like a home inspection and a, and a home sale, which is just super interesting to me. Um, so you know I really encourage learners to like really get out there, you know, get out there and network. Um, it, you know, not just on LinkedIn, but actually like drive around your city. Again, if you, if you want to know what it takes to become a, a firefighter and talk to a firefighter, I'm sure any one of those guys would, would lend their yeah. ear for five, 10 minutes. Um, I don't think, I don't think something, you know, they're going to be monsters about anything. Okay. So just a gotcha. couple more questions to kind of wrap this up. I know, uh, you know, you've been talking to us for quite a while now. We definitely appreciate the time and the, and the insight sure. um, and really uh, learning a lot here, but, um, I think, uh, if you could give the listeners like one piece of advice about online higher education, what would that be? I would say just have, you know, the patience and confidence within yourself. Um, patience, meaning like for, for most learners, 
it may have been 15, 20 years since they got back into education. So um, especially with adding a technology piece to it, just, just, just give yourself some time to get adjusted um, to a routine. So have that patience for yourself and, you know, finishing off with, with the confidence in yourself. Um, you know, it, it, there's no, you know, there's so many learners that just want to give up after the first course or anything like that. And I, I assure you, if it's, if it's something I can do and I've gotten through applied statistics, which I absolutely hate mathematics, um, you can certainly do it. And, and I think the confidence comes from within, but also comes from a strong support system. And if you don't have that, you can lean on your academic advisor. You can lean on um, friendships and whatnot if there's not actually someone in, in the household. So patience and confidence for sure. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. So um, so now it, this is the part where I'm going to completely sandbag you. I'm going to put okay. you on the spot here. Um, <laughs> okay. I want to know, uh, you know, really going to get into your, your uh, you know, your psyche here and want you to dig deep for an answer. But uh, mm. what is your favorite Conrad and John story? So we've been friends for a while. We've had a lot of crazy things, a lot of laughs. Uh, you know, even if you don't get into too many details, because sometimes they're embarrassing or, or whatever we do. Let's face it, we do some crazy stuff, man. So, so what's your favorite Conrad and John story? Oh, it, no, does this, does this, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the story here. I mean, does this have to, it, 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 it just, it has to be between just you two, or is it like just while we were hanging out? No, just while we were hanging out. Okay. Like, what, what's your, what's, what is your uh, memory of Conrad and John here? Like what? Oh, geez. I mean, there's, there's certainly quite a few of them. I'm sure there's 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 some that Conrad probably doesn't want to relive. <laughs> so so I'm so I'm wondering, but um, you know, I, I think a, a good a good PG moment was at um, when we went to, on the on the canoe trip there in Maine. I knew you were gonna go there. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I think that's a, I think that's a good PG one, just because um, I just think the the mix of friends, you know, everyone had a different personality. Um, th those group of friends should have never been mixed together, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, gosh, it was it was just such a good time um, with with battling out with uh, crashing into the canoes, almost being impaled myself from a tree uh lying in the in the river um and you know at the, at the very very end uh you know conrad's uh conrad's friends not wanting to get wet the entire trip and they go to get out of the canoe and they <laughs> spill out the canoe and they get completely soaked in the river so i mean it was just just such an awesome time and i'm glad we like met a bunch of individuals on the beach it was it was almost like a mini spring break uh, because there were still uh individuals on the beach there even though we went kind of later uh, in the season but that was such a such a good time yeah you know it's funny because i knew <laughs> like john i knew you were gonna bring that up too and i, I that's that's to segue back into education i think that's a perfect example of there's only so much you can learn <laughs> in school versus yes, learning from there. experience. And man, that was an experience where I uh, <laughs> learned a lot about blending groups of people. Who I, don't um, know but would I do it again? Yes, so. I would do it over yes. again. Absolutely. That, I mean, that, you want to blend that's it again? The thing. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even want to go on the canoe trip at first. You were like yeah. hemming and hard about it. Yeah, and then the only one at the end of that who was really pissed <laughs> off was Conrad. It was Conrad. And that's the yeah. best part. Conrad's like, everybody hates each other. Like, yeah. I'm over there talking to everybody else. And they're like, no, we just hate one person whose yeah. name I'm not going to bring up. But <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. one person on that trip that, that was just obnoxious and, and whatever. But I, you know, I, I think in the future, maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, for an episode, we can clean up some of these stories, make sure that they're PG and, yeah. and, and you know, sh share the audience. Because that, that trip, man, I, every year goes by every spring and I'm like, man, why aren't we doing that canoe trip again? What the heck? Yeah. For, um, but absolutely. I don't think we could, I don't even think we could duplicate it because I don't, how are we ever going to get all of those same people in well, the I, same first place? Off, I wouldn't want all those same people, <laughs> but, but, but that's what made it. That's what made it. 
We can recreate. Yeah, that's what. The, that's uh, that. I mean, but, but you don't it. have to recreate the entire thing. That's we can true. have a new experience around the same thing. That's like, true. yeah, it, it'll it'll never be the same again as that yeah. one trip. But but that's fine. I I don't need to replicate that to feel true. like that's I did point. something. But you know what? I, all I mean by that is like, listen, like just getting out there, doing doing things. Like we, you know, we went. Uh, when did we all? When was the last time we all went camping there? It was like not last year, but the year before. Yeah, like yeah, what are we doing, guys? Ago, I think now, you know. Oh. Any, anyways, um, you know, thank you for uh, oh. letting me sandbag you there at the end. But I, I couldn't have a conversation with one of our friends without asking what ridiculous, stupid thing we did. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So, James, thanks for coming on the podcast, um, and really appreciate your time again. Um, thanks for sharing a lot, and hopefully, our it, our audience. You, provide some uh education yeah very insightful so um i think it's been very good and i think we can definitely i'm sure yeah no it'd be my pleasure in the future Um, this has been very good conversation for for different segments whatever you guys got going on so all right so remember to like share subscribe to this podcast you know it's a a growing it's a work in progress but you know we're getting better all the time and um you know look forward to uh to doing more of these thank you for listening to today's episode please subscribe to the podcast on itunes anchor or your favorite podcast app you can also get updates on the show at facebook youtube and twitter and we encourage you to reach out to us if you have questions or comments about the show or if you have ideas for a future subject We look forward to speaking to you again in the future.